Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. He's been on my show a lot of times, even before he was a presidential candidate. He kind of sort of announced that he was going to be running for president on my show. It's Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek, how are you? Good to be on. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing very well. Really good to talk to you. You just told me your your rundown of today, and already it's it's a day that is good. you got me tired. Uh, you were in Miami, <laughs> did an event there. You're in New York now. You're going to be heading to Iowa. Um, let's start with Miami. Let's start with, I um, mean, obviously all the eyes of the world are on Miami because the former president of the United States was arrested and indicted um, uh, over presidential records and this dual sense of judgment or, or justice that we're seeing in this country. Just give me your thoughts about that, that even going down today. So, look, I, the reason I went there is that this is an unprecedented moment and not in a good way, Joe, because we are not a country where the party in power should use its police force to arrest its political opponents. That is not America. Yeah. And yet that's exactly what's happening here. And I did read the indictment, by the way. And to me, it just reeks of politicization. Yeah. There are selective omissions of both fact and law that made me take a couple of steps. I actually filed a FOIA demand against the Biden administration at the Freedom of Information Act request, yeah. demanding to know what Biden told Garland and what Garland told Jack Smith. And I also made some other announcements at a press conference that we held in Miami earlier today. So as we're watching this unfold, it's clear to me, I know about the Presidential Records Act. I know about the Espionage Act, neither of which applies to this case. He should not have been arrested, should not have been indicted. It doesn't really matter what he had. It was in a secure skiff. It was guarded by the Secret Service. This is head and shoulders nothing compared to what Biden did with hundreds of boxes that he had no ability to declassify. They're just blowing it off like nothing happened. And even Mike Pence was let off, who didn't have the ability to um, to declassify. So in your opinion, it's, it sounds like this is what you said, but I'll ask you directly again. Is this only about getting his competitor, his chief competitor? I think that's what it smacks of. It really smacks of politicization because... The Presidential Records Act has also been interpreted in a 2012 case, the Clinton stock door case, by a federal judge. He said it's the president's job in their sole discretion. So for a lot of reasons, Joe, and I can go into the legality of it if you'd like, but I can share with you my perspective on it legally. But as a matter of judgment, if this was bad judgment by Trump to take the documents with him and keep him as long as he did, this is worse judgment by Biden to actually bring a prosecution over it. And not every bad judgment is an illegal behavior that we have to be able to tell the difference. And I think this sets a dangerous precedent for the country. And even though for me, it would be much easier if Trump were not in this race, I believe in standing on the side of principle rather than politics. And that's why I went down to Miami to make my make my view known earlier today. Republican candidate for president of the United States, Vivek Ramaswamy, go to VIVEK2024.com if you want to support his candidacy. I love that you're doing this. I think that some uh, uh, who are running as Republicans are rubbing their hands together going, yeah, this makes it easier for me, which is what you just alluded to. But if you're going to stand on principle and if you're going to stop this selective form of justice that we're seeing under this president, then, it, I mean, it could affect you tomorrow. It could affect me tomorrow, depending on what I say or what you say or what we believe. And that's really what the end game is here, controlling what we think, what we do, and how we act, isn't it? It is. And, you know, I think that I can lift the curtain for you a little bit, Joe, and even tell you why yeah. the others aren't doing it. It's for the same reason I hear from the same people. It's the donor class in this country, particularly in the Republican Party. Their advice is don't touch this with a 10-foot pole good chance Trump is going to be gone in one way or another, and you don't want to be associated with him, move on. This is an opportunity for you. And I think when your donors are telling you that, if you're a professional politician, 
who's dependent on that donor class, then yes, it becomes convenient for you to say the minimal amount that they're okay with you saying, and they acknowledge you need to say something, but not to go the distance that I have in committing to pardon Trump. But that's exactly the game that's being played. The donor master, donor puppet masters in the Republican Party are really the ones pulling the strings. And a lot of the professional politicians, even some of the big names in this race, are really just mouthpieces for the really mother's milk that funds them, which is the donor class in the GOP. It's Vivek Ramaswamy, business entrepreneur. He is a candidate for president on the Republican Party. Um, uh, go to Vivek2024.com, V-I-V-E-K2024.com. Um, uh, I love that you said that you would pardon him because that would be the appropriate thing to do. Um, I think the, the more direct comparison, I know that Bill Clinton with this recording in his sock drawer actually is precedent for this, and there should be no no case at all against Trump. But I want to go back to, to Hillary Clinton in 2016 when you had Jim Comey come out and for 14 minutes, Vivek, tell you and me, and everybody in America, that Hillary Clinton broke the law. It was a breach of law. We probably had our enemies jump on her private server and see these classified docs. This was a major problem, really, really bad judgment, but no prosecutor would prosecute. That's the case that I look at because he he laid out the case about what she did illegally. She wasn't the president. She couldn't declassify anything. And what she did was she thumbed her nose at our laws in this country, and Comey let her off. Loretta Lynch let her off. That's why going after Trump makes no sense to me. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, and it's interesting you brought up Hillary Clinton because there's another dimension to this. If you read the indictment, one of the things that stood out to me is that this prosecutor, Jack Smith, actually cites many of Trump's statements from the 2016 campaign trail as though they have any legal relevance, which, of course, they don't. That has no place in an indictment where Trump said that he would prosecute Hillary Clinton. Now, that's actually one of the examples of why this reeks of politicization. But the funny part is, Joe, remember this. After Trump was elected in November of 2016, he actually said in his post-election pre-inauguration period that he would not prosecute Hillary Clinton because he wanted the country to heal. And yet the indictment made no mention of that. So it's just interesting when you brought up Hillary Clinton. It reminded me of one of the countless examples of selective omissions of both fact and law in that indictment which frankly leave me believing almost nothing of what's in there until I see it borne out in a court of law. I don't believe a word of what's in that indictment. And I think that more importantly, though, every bad judgment cannot be prosecuted, or that's a formula for selective prosecution to keep the party in power in power. Whatever party that is, it's the wrong answer. And I'm in this race, I think, to lead our country forward out of this weaponization of the justice system and it's a shame they're coming for Trump now, but the sad part is it's sadly our best evidence that we haven't yet solved that problem or come, come anywhere close to it. And to my view, if you roll that log over of the administrative state, you better be willing to bring the pesticide to get what crawls out. And that's what I'm aiming to bring to the White House, starting with a day one pardon of not just Trump, but any other American in this country who has been the subject of a politicized prosecution. And you and I both know there's a lot of them increasingly in the country. Uh, there are tons. Stand for them. Oh, tons of them. It's Vivek Ramaswamy. Go to Vivek2024, V-I-V-E-K, 2024.com, and go support his candidacy. Um, you're right about all you said. If I, if I recall in 2016 when he wins the election, he said, leave them alone now. Talking about the Clintons, uh, he won. And he figured, let's we're going to be in post-election time. We don't have to do this this rigmarole anymore. And he basically said, "No, no I'm not going to prosecute it. We're just going to we're going to move on now um, and, and just take right. care of what what the country needs to have taken care of." Um, let me ask you this: as a president, Ramaswamy, what do you do with the DOJ? What do you do with the FBI? It's not going to be an easy thing. Trump went in. He's going to get rid of the deep state and get rid of the sure. swamp, and it's hard to do. What do you do? 
So, 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 Joe, I have a deep understanding of this in a way that I think, if I may just say it, is not on the same plane as any other candidate in this field. I've said yeah. I would shut down the FBI. First of all, you know, think about it in colloquial terms. At a local level, you have local police and local prosecutors. You don't have an administrative bureaucracy sitting in between. At the federal level, you have U.S. Marshals and the DOJ. You don't need a politicized FBI sitting in between. That's a formula for corruption. The same J. Edgar Hoover FBI that tried to threaten Martin Luther King into committing suicide is now targeting its different political opponents in a different way. But the question is, what's the statutory authority? And so perhaps on a, on a deeper dive that you and I will have a chance to go into, yeah. I believe the president has that statutory authority. 5 U.S.C. 3302 is one of those statutes that allows the U.S. president to set the policies for hiring and firing that override the civil service protection statutes that are viewed as an impediment. There's an unexpired section of the Presidential Reorganization Act of 1977. Most people view that as expired. Read the statute closely. Actually, it gives the president a, a tremendous amount of appropriate power to run the executive branch of the government, since that's the one job of the U.S. president. And so my view is I've been a CEO of a company. You know that. Yeah. If you can't fire somebody who works for you, that means they don't work for you. And the same principle applies to the executive branch. It takes the combination, Joe, of somebody who is both an outsider, has executive experience, but also has a deep understanding of the Constitution to actually get this job done. And, you know, that's part of what calls me into this race, because that's the combination that I bring, and I will not apologize for it. Well, I think people shut down government agencies that shouldn't exist. Well, Vivek, I'm with you. I think people watching and listening, and I've heard from a lot of people who like you and like you as a candidate a lot. um, I think everybody on both sides are done with the DOJ. They're not sure what it's going to do, depending on who's in the White House. And you're right. The boss of the executive branch is the president, but also the purse strings are held by the House of Representatives. Would you have to, as president, work with the House and say, listen, defund the these departments, defund these entities, or can you autonomously just say, I'm canceling the FBI, they're out? Well, again, for the statutory reasons that I gave you, I believe this is within the power of the president. There are certain justifications that you have to be able to use. It has to involve economic savings for the American people, has to involve redundancies that can be reorganized into other departments. But according to presidential reorganization statutes and powers, which I've studied that, you know, many of the Republican presidents have not. That's what it takes to actually get this job done. So to answer your question, I believe I will get that done without asking Congress for either permission or for forgiveness and do it on firm legal authority because it sits under the one executive branch of government. We don't have two executive branches. We have one. And that's the way I'll run the government. I, I agree. You can do it unilaterally. I, I, I really do. I think you get a fight from the from the legislature, but I think you're right. At the end of the day, Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek2024.com, go there. I'm really enjoying you going on every media outlet that will have you. Um, they, generally speaking, think they're going to corner you. They think they're going to somehow guilt you into agreeing with them. And you're just telling the truth. Uh, you were on recently with Dana Bash, I think, over on CNN. Yes. And there was a back and forth where uh, I started saying to myself, I love that he's doing this, and I can't believe she had him on because she must not have known who you were because you weren't going to take the garbage, <laughs> and, and you made sure that you, that you told her directly while looking her right in the eye, listen, your network isn't doing justice to journalism when you cover it this way. How do you, when, they, when they invite you to come on, do you know you're going to be attacked? Do you know that you're going to be cornered? They're going to try to? Well, look, that's what you got to expect when you go into the, into the lion's den. Right. My view is there's two schools of thought in the Republican Party on this. One school of thought is you hide from open debate. There are other candidates that said they won't talk to NBC News, Right. for example. My school of thought is it's not an even playing field, 
but we've got the winning arguments, and I'm unafraid. Yes. And if I'm going to ask the people of this country to let me represent them across the table from Xi Jinping, I better be willing to sit across the table from Dana Bash or Don Lemon or Chuck Todd or anybody else. And keep in mind, after my recent exchanges with Chuck Todd and Don Lemon, neither of them is left on the air. So <laughs> interpret from that what you Former want. President Donald Trump walking up to the microphone. Now we're going to take it live. Thank you. Thank you. JoePags.com. Click on Watch Now if you want to see it. I'm going to run it live with the audio for the radio stations and the time we have remaining as well. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's a great honor to have you here. And today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. This day will go down in infamy, and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps, even more importantly, the president who, together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits, and Marxists, tried to destroy American democracy. But they will fail, and we will win bigger and better than ever before. Charging a former president of the United States under the Espionage Act of 1917 wasn't meant for this. An act for a crime so heinous that only the death penalty would do and threatening me with 400 years in prison for possessing my own presidential papers, which just about every other president has done is one of the most outrageous and vicious legal theories ever put forward in an American court of law. The Espionage Act has been used to go after traitors and spies. It has nothing to do with a former president legally keeping his own documents. As president, the law that applies to this case is not the Espionage Act, but very simply the Presidential Records Act which is not even mentioned in this ridiculous 44-page indictment. Under the Presidential Records Act, which is civil, not criminal, I had every right to have these documents. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case ever on this subject, known as the Clinton Sox case. You know what that means? After leaving the White House, Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes in his sock drawer. They included discussions of U.S. military involvement in Haiti, discussions of U.S. foreign policy, both defense and offense, against Cuba, recordings of President Clinton's conversations with all of the many foreign leaders at the time. Think of that. Sensitive facts about trade negotiations taken from presidential briefings. Discussions with the Secretary of State about conflict in Bosnia and much, much more. Very big stuff. Not only was Bill Clinton never even considered for criminal prosecution based on the tapes he took,
But when he was sued for them, he won the case. Judge Amy Berman Jackson's decision states under the statutory scheme established by the Presidential Records Act, the decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the president during the president's term and in the president's sole discretion. You're surprised to hear that, aren't you? Any normal administration, even an opposing one, would consider that to be the end, but not the corrupt Biden administration. The Sox decision, as it's known, also states, quote, the National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA, does not have the authority to designate material as presidential records. I don't have the authority. NARA does not have the tapes in question, and NARA lacks any right, duty, or means to seize control of them. This is law. The President enjoys unconstrained authority to make decisions regarding the disposal of documents. That's unconstrained to make that decision. Neither the archivist nor Congress has the authority to veto the President's decision. The Presidential Records Act does not confer any mandatory or even discretionary authority on the archivist to classify records. Under the statute, this responsibility is left solely to the President of the United States. Think of that. That's the decision. Think of that. Now, just think of that. In other words, whatever documents the President decides to take with him, he has the right to do so. It's an absolute right. This is the law. And that is something that people have now seen, and it couldn't be more clear. They ought to drop this case immediately because they're destroying the country. And this is why no other president, even those who kept far more documents than I, has ever been even investigated, let alone charged with a crime. Because the sham indictment put forward by the Biden administration included staged photographs of boxes at Mar-a-Lago, many people have asked me why I had these boxes. Why did you want them? The answer, in addition to having every right under the Presidential Records Act, is that these boxes were containing all types of personal belongings, many, many things, shirts and shoes and everything. As can be seen in the picture where someone, not me, I wonder who it might have been, dumped one of the very neatly arranged boxes all over the floor. They were full of newspapers, press clippings, thousands of pictures, thousands and thousands of White House pictures. The White House photographers, some are with us today. They took so many pictures and we saved all of them and they were in those boxes clothing, memorabilia, and much, much more. I hadn't had a chance to go through all the boxes. It's a long, tedious job, it takes a long time, which I was prepared to do, but I have a very busy life. I've had a very busy life. They make it more busy because you're always fighting. And under the Sox decision, there seemed to be no rush. I wasn't in a rush because that decision was law 
The other picture that was so vile, you remember that one? It was angry and corrupt, was the photo staged by the FBI. And those that raided Mar-a-Lago, they were putting documents all over the floor. Remember that famous picture? All over, say confidential, said presidential, said all sorts of things. And it was supposed to be there like it was that way when they raided. It wasn't that way. They put them there, took the picture, and released it illegally to the press. They took my medical records, my past. There you go. For some reason, it stopped. We are listening to former President Trump, who's now speaking in Bedminster, um, uh, New Jersey. And again, for some reason, the feed stopped. We were all over it. Uh, Polo, do you have it on an un- unanchored channel or no? Because if not, we'll just uh, we'll hit a break here. I'm trying to restart it. It will not restart. So uh, either it's overloaded or the feed simply ended. I'm going I'm to hit live again here. Let me I just was see. supposed to negotiate with NARA, cool. which is exactly what I was doing until Mar-a-Lago was raided by gun-toting FBI agents. I have security tapes of it. I gave them security tapes of everything. In a flagrant violation of the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, which protects the right against unreasonable search and seizure. And Sebastian, you covered very well, I must say. Very well. I'm not the one who thinks I'm above the law. I'm the one that followed the law. I'm the only one. It's Joe Biden and his corrupt Department of Injustice who think they are above the law. Never before have the two standards of justice in our country been more starkly revealed. Joe Biden had troves of classified documents from his time as vice president and even as a senator, which was completely and totally illegal. In fact, other senators heard about it. Dick Durbin okay, for the national show, it. we're going to be breaking away. We've got a hard no break here totally that's coming illegal. up. And uh, what I'll do is I'll continue on my live video feed, JoePags.com. Click on Watch Now. I'll put the video feed back up. And we'll continue former President Trump speaking in New Jersey. We There's nothing we can do about this. It's a hard break. The network all breaks away at the top of the hour. So have a great night. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. We'll continue on the live video feed. We'll talk to you then. This is the Joe Pegg Show.